Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with people who know Vegas. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome to Vegas. Well, summertime is here, Vegas is crowded, and there's an overall good feeling in one of the world's favorite cities. Now, when you think of summer, you think of the outdoors. And what food goes especially well in the sun? Hot dogs. There are plenty of great hot dog places around town, but what is it about them that makes us love them just so much? Well, in a moment, you'll meet America's foremost hot dog expert, which also includes sausages. Another thing that matches up well with summertime is marriage. Weddings are a Vegas specialty, from the drive-by kind all the way up to the super luxurious. Today, you'll meet Lynn Goldberg, a world-renowned wedding planner. And finally, your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, is here to take the temperature of the Vegas scene today, post-pandemic. Let's go to Vegas, baby. Let's go tonight. Let's go tonight. Let's go to Vegas. When you go to a baseball game, or for that matter, any sporting event, one of the first things you do when you sit down is go, I'm hungry. Maybe I'll get a hot dog. What is it about hot dogs that we identify? And I remember as a kid going to sporting events in Oakland all the time, and they had colossal dogs, and I could still smell those. They were great. We're going to find that out and everything you ever wanted to know about hot dogs and sausages with the president of the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council, Eric Mittenthal. Eric, what is it about hot dogs? They just do seem like they're a great fit to a sporting event. They fit great with a sporting event, and I think, you know, as you described, it's one of those foods that brings us back to our childhood. Uh, we all love hot dogs, both as children and adults, and so when you have a hot dog, it, it reminds you of a, uh, a more innocent time, and, uh, you know, the ballpark has a long history with hot dogs, and so we've all been to ball games and enjoyed hot dogs and enjoyed that outdoor atmosphere and the, the smells and the, the sights of, uh, of being outside and enjoying a hot dog, and so it just uh, triggers something in our brain that brings back those memories and, and makes us happy. Well, and now the connection with the hot dog and sports. Here in Las Vegas, hot dogs are one of the most popular foods around some of the best places. But out at the Raiders Stadium now, the big thing is tailgating. It was a, certainly a big deal when I was growing up in, at the Oakland Coliseum. But sausages seem to be a big part of that now, too. People are getting more adventurous and so forth. Are you noticing kind of a growth in the world of sports that the sausage is making uh, its way through to join the hot dog? Yeah, we've absolutely seen that, both in sports and just uh, eating at home, too. Uh, the amount of sausage options that are available has uh, greatly expanded uh, over the last uh, decade or so. And what you see is that you have lots of different flavor options that are available, whether it's uh, spicier flavors or using uh, different types of meats in, in sausages. And so uh, that's expanded to the ballpark, too. And so uh, when folks have all these different choices, they like to go up and, uh, and tailgate and uh, show off their skills. And so 
uh, it's it's definitely something you'll find out in the tailgates. There's lots of lots of sausage options, and uh, again, it's something that that people will will all enjoy. And so it's it's a it's a food that you know will will make your your uh, friends happy at the tailgate. Well, I'm glad to see the images changing a bit because you used to hear people make jokes about how hot dogs are made and all these things, but as I go through the uh the grocery store, I noticed there's gourmet hot dogs. There are hot dogs. If if you want just all beef, you can get that. If you want beef and pork, you can get that. Heck, now they're even making fake hot dogs, which I don't consider real hot dogs. But it sounds like, uh, from a health perspective, it's not the scary thing that it was once portrayed as. No, it's not. And and a lot of the, the ideas about how hot dogs are portrayed is pure mythology. Um, you know, first off, there are many, many different choices that are available uh, on store shelves. And so if you're looking for a hot dog that has certain ingredients, uh, whether it be beef or pork or poultry, um, if you're looking for a hot dog that uh, are, don't have certain ingredients, um, you know, you can find them. You can find hot dogs and sausages that are lower in sodium, lower in fat, um, you know, whatever nutrition profile you're looking for. Uh, it's all available. Um, and the one thing that, that you can absolutely be confident in is that what you see uh, on the package label and in the ingredient statement is what is in the hot dog. Um, there's a lot of mythology about uh, parts of the animal that go in there, uh, but it's very simple. Uh, it is meat that's cut away from steaks and roasts, uh, whether that be beef or pork. Um, it's ground up finely and put in a casing and cooked. And so if you uh, are worried about um, other parts of the animal being in there, uh, by law it's required that if an organ or something like that is in there, uh, it would have to be disclosed on the label. Um, and that is available in certain places where it's a delicacy and uh, a desired uh, attribute, but um, it's on the label. And so if you don't see it on there, uh, you know, what you see is what you get. Well, that's why I think what you guys do, and people will tell them where to go. The National Hot Dog and Sausage Council, the website is incredible. Everything you ever wanted to know about hot dogs. And it's one of those things, 7 billion hot dogs, I understand, is what Americans eat. And that's only from that peak picnic time between Memorial Day and Labor Day. So in addition to what we do in sports venues, we're doing this all the time, right? Is that because it's just such a convenient food? It's easy to cook and it's really easy to eat. You eat with your hands. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge part of it. And the summer season is the prime time. Um, Seven billion hot dogs is between Memorial Day and Labor Day, and it's about a third of the hot dogs that are eaten throughout the year uh, or just in the summer months. And so, you know, there's a lot of things. It's it's something that's it's convenient, it's easy, it's delicious. Uh, you know, you're going to get a, a packed protein uh, a meal out of it, and uh, it's family friendly. Um, you know that everybody in your family is going to enjoy it, and so uh, it's just one of those foods that is so easy and enjoyable to to have as a go to that uh, it, it remains extremely popular and, and we uh, think it'll, it'll stay that way for a long time. Yeah, and I think low-carb dieters love it too because it's one of those things you can eat and it's not doesn't have a lot of carbs and uh, much tastier than some of the diet foods that we grew up with. 
That's right. Yeah, no, no carbs uh, in most of those hot dogs. You'll be fine. The bun, the bun would add some carbs, but there's lots of different ways to enjoy the hot dog without the bun. Um, whether you're mixing that up with uh, different ingredients or whatever, we have a lot of recipes on our website at hot-dog.org. So uh, you can enjoy it however you please, and if you want to avoid those carbs, uh, skip the bun, and you can still find lots of different ways to ha- have a, a delicious meal out of it. And let's talk about the condiments because that's a big thing. Uh, everybody associates mustard with hot dog. I guess that's still the favorite, but I, now I see people using ketchup, they use barbecue sauces, and then you can get really creative with that. You can. There's lots of different topping options. Um, and you know, one of the things that makes hot dogs unique is that depending on where you are in the country, uh, people top and enjoy their hot dogs a little bit differently. Uh, in New York, you're going to be topping it differently than you are in Chicago uh, or versus the South or versus out West. Uh, and so people have their preferences. Um, we the, the Ketchup is the most controversial uh, topping for a hot dog. We say that if you're over the age of 18, that you should not be putting ketchup on your hot dog. Uh, in some places, they'll tell you you should never, ever do it. Uh, we're a little bit more lenient, but uh, that's something that we get debated on all the time, is whether you should put ketchup on hot dogs. So if you're an adult, maybe put the ketchup away. Back with more from Eric Mittenthal, the president of the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council, in a moment. Have your collectibles taken over your house? Well, maybe it's time for those treasures to find a new home. Place to go is Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads, where they are always buying. Call Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads at 310-534-4180 or text them pictures of your collection. That number again is 310-534-4180. Just a reminder, please visit Vegas Never Sleeps online. For the very best in Vegas, it's always VegasNeverSleeps.com. And for great sports, it's Sports RACX, which is available on radio stations nationwide and wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports RACX. And later today on Sports Rockin' Tours, more from two of our very favorite subjects, including part two of our look at the Yankee-Red Sox rivalry and further thoughts from the great Carl Erskine of the Brooklyn Dodgers, who was a teammate of Jackie Robinson and actually roomed with Duke Snyder. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast-to-coast on the Talk Media Network. Come on, let's go to Vegas. Support Vegas Never Sleeps on Patreon for exclusive ad-free content, prizes, drawings, and fun, starting at just five bucks. Go to patreon.com slash Vegas Never Sleeps. Patreon.com slash Vegas Never Sleeps. Pack your bags and get ready because you're going to Vegas. Go to patreon.com slash Vegas Never Sleeps. Come on, let's go to Vegas. Okay, Sean, we need to talk about our training budget. We're spending almost $1,500 per employee each year. What's the plan? Well, ma'am, 42% of companies are saying that e-learning has led to an increase in revenue. What does that do about the travel expense? E-learning allows employees to learn wherever they are. Then we need to consider the time away from production. I heard that e-learning takes up to 60% less employee time than traditional classroom training. Perfect. Let's find a curriculum company, a development company, a learning management software company. Actually, Epsilon XR specializes in end-to-end learning solutions with tools such as instructor-led training, online classrooms, simulations, virtual and augmented reality, and curriculum development. Get Epsilon XR on the phone. 
Epsilon XR creates immersive learning environments that engage with your learner, resulting in improved information retention, which leads to better performance and ultimately an increase in revenue. Learn more at elearning.epsilonxr.com. Angstrom Minerals represent a quantum leap in nutrition. Liquid minerals offer a more concentrated and quicker boost because they integrate into the body faster. Unlike that handful of pills you take every day, Angstrom Minerals bypass digestion and go directly to the cells. Try Angstrom Minerals for your body, your health, and your life. Register online and use your account to save 5% off your retail order every time you shop. Some restrictions apply. Please visit ElementalResearchInc.com. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps. We're chatting with the president of the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council, Eric Mittenthal, who tells me that Americans are expected to eat 150 million hot dogs just on the 4th of July. What about cheese? People like cheese now. I see that on some of these things. I mean, we've always done it with chili and cheese, but are, are you seeing some of that where people are melting that on top? Yeah, it's, it's very common to have uh, melted cheese on hot dogs. Uh, and I think you'll you find these days uh, a lot of hot dogs and sausages that are available that have cheese inside. Uh, and so you get that melty cheese uh, mixed in with the meat and uh, adds a little extra flavor and, and they get the meltiness of the cheese. So it's, uh, it's another fun way to do it that incorporates cheese. Well, one thing that's kind of fun, you know, you talk a lot about baseball on your website and you see the name Babe Ruth. And I always remember there's some great shots of Babe Ruth running around the bases after he belted a home run or second home run of the day holding his stomach, and that was because he ate so many of these hot dogs. You tell a story. He once ate 12 hot dogs. Is that right? That's the myth. Uh, yeah, that, there, there's the uh, the story that he ate 12 hot dogs between uh, uh, doubleheader games and uh, was feeling a little ill. Uh, but I think, I think there's a lot of mythology behind that. But certainly Babe Ruth was a, uh, a prodigious hot dog eater as well as home run hitter. <laughs> Well, there, there, there's got to be something to that. You know, as we talk about that, is there any stadiums that, you know, I know that different hot dogs have been associated with different stadiums. The famous Dodger dog that Vin Scully used to talk about. Do, do they all have their own kind of special things that they try to brand as something special to their park? Yeah, a lot of parks do that. And so you have the Dodger dog, you have the Fenway Frank, uh, in Chicago, you get the Vienna beef, uh, Chicago dogs, uh, and, and around the majors, you find a lot of different hot dogs that are available. And, you know, hot dogs, there are so many different regional brands out there. And so a lot of the hot dogs, uh, at stadiums are selling the, the local brand. Uh, Cleveland Indians is a good example. Uh, they sell Sugardale hot dogs, which is a, uh, Midwest Ohio based, uh, hot dog company. And so, um, you know, you, you can identify teams with their hot dogs. And one of the things that we've seen in recent years in particular is that teams are competing at the concession stand just as much as they're competing on the ball field. And so you get a lot of different unique hot dog varieties uh, beyond just the brand, uh, a lot of different uh, toppings and sizes and uh, interesting concoctions with hot dogs that teams are coming up with to entice fans and uh, show off their crea- creativity uh, between themselves and the, the other teams. Well, yeah, and I noticed in some of these new stadiums, which is part of the appeal is you'll see sausage stands from all over the world. So that's kind of increased as well. 
yeah, lots of different choices, and uh, you know, particularly as there are choices in the whole communities. A good example is uh, in Minneapolis. Uh, there's a great sausage place there, uh, very historic, called Kramarchuk's, uh, and uh, they are uh, from uh, Eastern Europe uh, originally, and brought over a lot of sausage styles from over there, from Poland and. Uh, Ukraine, and uh, they sell those sausages at the ballpark. And so uh, you can get a lot of those unique flavors uh, through through sausages from, from local companies that are, that are influenced by uh, styles around the world. Eric, what do you think of these hot dog eating contests? I will get it. I think it's sort of a disservice to the hot dog in a way because nobody would want to eat any kind of food the way they eat in those contests. But what is your thought on that? I think the contests are fun. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things that we would never ad, never advocate eating seventy plus hot dogs in a single <laughs> setting, is, uh, is as Joey Chestnut does. But uh, he is truly an athletic marvel in terms of what he's able to do. Uh, ESPN did a documentary on him a couple of years ago that was really popular, and so uh, anything that celebrates the hot dog in a fun way like that, we love. Uh, it, it's just great to have people celebrating and enjoying hot dogs and and all the. Uh, happiness that hot dogs bring to, to people's lives. But, uh, yeah, we, we people going out and doing contests themselves may be a little bit of, of an overkill. Leave it to the professionals. Well, I think your organization is really interesting. Like I say, I want to send everybody before we go to take a look at it. But I understand it was started back in the uh, 20th century, late 20th century, by the American Meat Institute. What was the main reason for it? Was it an idea that there was a, you know, you mentioned myths before. There's a lot of myths going on, especially with the hot dog. Was it to have a place where you could kind of get those questions answered? Yeah, that's exactly right. And we were started by the North American Meat Institute in 1994. Uh, so it's been around for uh, more than 25 years at this point and uh, still going strong. And, and it, it really, it, it was kind of twofold. Um, you know, one element is the myth busting um, and trying to uh, you know, address those notions of, of what's in a hot dog or sausage and, and their healthfulness and, um, you know, whether they can be part of a healthy diet, which they absolutely can. Um, and the other part was just being the, the voice to celebrate hot dogs. Um, you know, there's so much uh, hot dog love out there that we felt like an organized voice to uh, to bring that together would be something fun and unique. And so we, we created the Hot Dog and Sausage Council as that. And, uh, it's a fun place to, to just talk about hot dogs and sausages all the time. Uh, never a bad day when, when that's your job. Yeah. Do you guys, when you have meetings or anything, are you serving hot dogs at all? Does that ever happen? Oh, certainly. Yeah, we have uh, one of our meetings. We have a sausage fest where we invite in our members to serve uh, different sausages uh, that they produce and let let people uh, have a little, little fun with them and, and tell us which one they think is the best. Uh, we did a version a few years ago where we had uh, meat science students from uh, many of the universities around the country uh, develop their own sausage recipes, and uh, we, we judge those as well. And so, uh, yeah, we take advantage of fun opportunities. Uh, historically, we've also done a big event on Capitol Hill every year that is uh, serving hot dogs on National Hot Dog Day in July, uh, where we invite in baseball players to come and sign autographs. Uh, unfortunately, uh, that has gone on for, for more than 40 years. And last year, uh, with the inability to have people together in person, it got canceled. And uh, probably not going to happen this year either, just due to the complexities of, uh, of putting on events still. But um, that's something we have have a long history of, is, is bringing people together around hot dogs. And they're always looking for opportunities to, uh, to have those occasions. Okay, final question, Eric, is the person who's the president of this greatest organization, I know everybody wants to know, and me included, 
What's your favorite type of dog? And how do you, you know, everybody has their own way in terms of condiments, what have you. So what does your perfect dog look like at your house? I'm from the South, so I like a good chili dog. Uh, I, would, I like a, a hot dog with chili, uh, mustard onions. Uh, that, to me, is, is the ideal hot dog. Uh, but one of the fun things, as I've said, is when you go to different places around the country, you can try the local style of hot dogs. And so uh, when I'm traveling and I, I get to, to different cities, uh, I always try the local the local hot dog. But uh, if it's just me and I had, had the, the whole world to choose from in front of me, I would have a good old chili dog. That sounds really good. Let's tell people where they can find you online because you got to look at this website. It's great. <laughs> Eric? Yeah, check us out at hot-dog.org. And as you said, we have anything you possibly want to know about hot dogs, uh, whether it's culture, history, statistics. Uh, we answer the tough questions. We have etiquette. Um, it, it's a fun place to go. You can, you can really go down a wormhole on our website to, uh, to, to learn lots of different facts and information and have some fun. It sounds great, and you're going to be hungry afterwards, so you better have some hot dogs on the grill. (laughs) Eric, thank you so much. Really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Don't forget to follow Sports Rockin' Tours, which now follows this show on most of these stations. You can also visit Sports, R-A-C-X, wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Manchie nationwide on the Talk Media Network. Hi, I'm Gordy Brown, and you're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Now, let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps. Let's now transition from the all-American food to wedding bells and throwing rice. It's summer, it's Las Vegas, and yeah, it's hot, and yet weddings are back. And we're really excited about that. And if you want a great wedding, you can have one. We're going to introduce you to Lynn Goldberg. She runs luxury event and wedding planner, the Lynn Goldberg Group. You can check them out online. But what I find really fascinating, Lynn, is a lot of people think about Vegas and they think about weddings and so forth. They're thinking about quickie things, you know, get get it in, get it out, you know, take the pictures and go, okay? But you talk about telling your love story with elegance and a touch of the unexpected. And, again, you don't just do them in Vegas. You do them all over, correct? I do. I do. But I love Vegas. Yeah, it's sort of flair to it, and um, I do love Vegas, but I do plan all over the country. Exactly. But your idea is to make it something special. You know, we we talk about weddings, and people sometimes, it, it, it almost becomes kind of a thing of how much we can spend and so forth on it. But what you do, uh, which I think is really interesting, is... You kind of take people through it, a real consultant, not like some of the jokes that they've had in films and so forth, but somebody that really, you want to find out what the people want. How does that all work? So what I, what I love to do is really find out what the couple is about. I like to find out what the bride's about and what the groom's about as individuals, and then, of course, as a couple. And then I like to incorporate what makes them special into the wedding. And it's so funny that you said, you know, spending all this money, because it's really not about spending the money. And, of course, yes, I do tons of luxury events where people do spend a lot of money. But what really makes the, the wedding special is that you're bringing something in that's personal, something that 
that really hasn't been done before because it won't apply to everybody. It would only apply to that couple. So I think, you know, what makes it so creative for me is to find that touch, that, that, that special something, you know, that, that, again, makes it different. So it's not a cookie-cutter wedding. Right, and I think it's great not only for the couple that's getting married. I mean, that's the most important group of people, obviously. But for the people that attend, we all have been to those special weddings. Gosh, and like you say, it's not that people necessarily remember how opulent they are, but really what made them special. And you're always looking for that. And I guess that does come back to let's learn what that couple is really about. Exactly, exactly. Because I really do like to delve into, you know, couples' personalities and what they like to do, you know, on their free time and and even what they do, you know, for a living and and all the elements that go into, again, making people who they are and then bringing that to the wedding. And, And like you said, I think for the guests, you know, it's fabulous also because everybody, you know, of course knows the couple. And if they see something that, that kind of reminds them of maybe, you know, time they spent with them or who they are, they're going to have so much, you know, so much better a time than, than they would in a, at other weddings. And the other part that's really fun about this is by bringing you in and you can ask the right questions and plan this out, it really kills a lot of that stress that everybody thinks of when you're planning these things, oh my gosh, month after month. Whereas this way, you're taking a little bit off the shoulders. I hope, yes. I like to think that I take the stress out of planning because I take on the stress. <laughs> so it all comes to me rather than the couple. But but it's so true because what a, what a wedding planner can do is basically lead you down the path. And when you really don't know how to plan a wedding, you know, it isn't brain surgery, but it takes a lot of time. And and by having a planner, you eliminate that time where you're kind of looking for vendors or you're, you don't really know if somebody is good at what they do and you're looking online. And there's a lot of time that goes into it and you really don't know if you're picking the right people. So having a planner, it's just kind of guiding you through the planning process. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps. And we're speaking to wedding planner Lynn Goldberg. You know, the other part is we deal with Las Vegas on the show. And there's some great drive through weddings. There are great Elvis weddings. There are, there are some hotels yes. that do some really nice things. But that doesn't mean you can't have this dream wedding that you always wanted and go to a location, too. And, of course, you handle many locations. But in Vegas, you work with the hotels. How do you come about helping somebody that really wants to have it in Vegas because they love it and so forth, but they want to make sure that the wedding doesn't necessarily have a Vegas feel? And by that, I, I mean the, the, the fast stuff, you know, what, you, what people have sure. in their minds. Sure. So the first thing I do is I really like to hear what their vision is so that most couples have an idea of what type of wedding they want to do. And, of course, the key is to hear what their vision is and then match the venue to what they're thinking. So if they're looking for something, you know, beautiful and elegant and they have the budget for it and they really want a traditional wedding in a beautiful setting, then, of course, I would go, you know, or recommend one of the hotels, you know, that are on the Strip. I wouldn't really recommend going to the, you know, to the wonderful Elvis um, little church that, you know, that I might recommend to another couple. Right. So I would call the Wynn Hotel. I would call the Bellagio. I mean, I would call this, there's a number, you know, any of the beautiful hotels that are on the Strip. And usually the couples want the Strip because they want their guests who are coming from, you know, different destinations to be able to enjoy, 
not only the wedding, but of course Las Vegas. So generally, I tend to go to the hotels on the strip if I'm doing that type, you know, that type of wedding. The main thing is to find out again what they're thinking of. You know, it's what each couple is imagining. Yeah. Now, do you work closely with some hotels there where, you know, they help you? And that's got to be a help because you're going to be able to do things and get through some of the nasty moments that always pop up that if you try to do it yourself, it's going to be a lot tougher. Oh, definitely. Definitely. It's, it's, it's difficult, again, to navigate anywhere where you're not there. You know what I mean? So if you have a planner who knows the hotels and knows the people and knows, you know, who to call for the flowers and what hotels work with what florists and what vendors, again, it makes it so much easier. Somebody is navigating for you. Yeah, absolutely. And we can get through. You know, that's the other thing. You know, when you make the phone calls, when you call as the planner and they know you, they're going to pick up the phone a lot quicker than, you know, when they get maybe 50 calls a day just kind of asking about weddings. So they, you know, they don't always pick up as quickly as, as you know, yeah. as, as they do for a, you know, for a planner. Do you find that couples are really different? I mean, in the sense that some are really about the food and that's the most important thing. Whereas you mentioned flowers, that's got to be the big thing or, or photography, whatever, or, or even videos. Are there, do they vary that way, and do you uh, just can you just adjust, or is it kind of a one package uh, fits all? Oh no, no, I absolutely adjust, but I do tell them. To me, entertainment is the most important element because at the end of the day, in order to have a great wedding, you want everyone to feel the love in the room, and you want everybody to get up and dance and and really be a part of the wedding. And it's usually, I mean, it, it is, it's the entertainer or the MC or the person who's really leading the wedding that's going to make this happen. So entertainment to me is key. In terms of, you know, decor, of course, the bride always wants something beautiful, you know, and, and stunning. I mean, that's the, and most brides have something, you know, in their mind when it comes to the flowers. And a lot of times, you know, both the groom and the bride are foodies. So, yes, the food. And, again, going through the, all of the elements, the photography is what you're left with. So you want a fabulous photographer and, of course, videographer. So those two are, you know, so it's almost like those are the elements there. They're equally important, but if you're working with a budget, I like to find out where the priority is. So that way, maybe we have a little more money to spend on what's really important to you. More with wedding planner Lynn Goldberg in just a few moments. Make sure to listen to Sports Rock and Tours, which follows Vegas Never Sleeps in most markets. If your station doesn't carry it, Call them and ask them to carry Sports Rock and Tours. And in the meantime, go to Sports R-A-C-X wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports R-A-C-X. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Manji, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. Come on, let's go to Vegas. Support Vegas Never Sleeps on Patreon for exclusive ad-free content, prizes, drawings, and fun, starting at just five bucks. Go to patreon.com slash Vegas Never Sleeps. Patreon.com slash Vegas Never Sleeps. Pack your bags and get ready because you're going to Vegas. Go to patreon.com slash Vegas Never Sleep. Come on, let's go to Vegas. 
What if every dollar you invested into your training program turned into $30 of revenue? What if your learning program was so engaging that your employees looked forward to annual trainings? And what if you could monitor the success and effectiveness of your curriculum with quantifiable metrics? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. E-learning has made each of these scenarios possible, utilizing tools such as virtual and augmented reality, simulations, and online instructor-led training provides a safe environment for employees to learn at their own pace. Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Here at Epsilon XR, we have 50 years of experience in creating powerful and effective training programs. We combine proven training methods with cutting-edge technology to create immersive training experiences. Are you ready to take your training program to the next level? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Training.epsilonxr.com. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps. You are listening to wedding planner Lynn Goldberg, who credits her success to meticulously understanding her clients' unique personalities, priorities, visions, and goals. You brought up entertainment. You know, I, I didn't cross my mind, but you're absolutely right. That's the part people remember. And I guess there's a wide variety of options for that, too. It doesn't necessarily mean your, your typical three-member three, uh, three member or four-member group. Right. It, could be, it could be anything from recorded music on up to uh, any, any type of genre, I, I would imagine. Oh, definitely, definitely. And, you know, in Vegas, there are so many fabulous entertainers. I mean, I've brought Cirque du Soleil into weddings. You know, we're in cocktail hour. I have I have a champagne girl that hangs from the ceiling, and as people walk in, they actually pour the champagne <laughs> into the glasses. So <laughs> I do a lot of fun stuff. I have like a, a Cirque du Soleil Cupid, so that she's standing there with an arrow, you know, ready ready to make sure that everybody gets you know touched by her. So I, I kind of like to come up with these, you know, out of the box entertainers and work with them and figure out costumes. And again, I, I did a wedding for two doctors. So we had people, you know, I had Cirque du Soleil people who were, who were dressed as doctors when they came in, kind of, you know, playing the parts. So it really just depends, again, on the couple and how, you know, kind of how crazy they want to go. But entertainment, you can have fun with. It doesn't have to be just, like you said, the three-piece band or the DJ. It can be so much more than that. Oh, I think people are listening to that saying, I would love to have the Cirque du Soleil be a part of their wedding, and especially if you're doing it in Vegas, right? What what could be more appropriate? So, oh, that's great. definitely, definitely. Um, I had two skilled people, you know, one was the bride and one was the groom, and when they went to cut the cake, we had them kind of stand with the bride and groom, and the pictures are fabulous. I mean, again, it's, it's just so much fun, and it's the unexpected. Before I let you go, I want to ask you one question. How do you get into something like this? Because obviously you're doing something you absolutely love. It sounds like that perfect job that was meant for you. Is that something you were interested in from uh, your days as a young girl, or is that something that's developed over time? No, interestingly enough, so my background is actually theater and producing. So I started out in New York, and I was producing off-Broadway shows, um, and then it kind of led to producing events rather than, you know, rather than just theater. 
And that's basically how I got started. I got started by by actually being an entertainment agent. And I would send entertainers out and bands and DJs to events. And then it grew into, of course, full-fledged party and wedding planning. Yeah, that's how that's how I began. That makes all the sense in the world. Why not have somebody that can produce an event? What bigger event is there in your particular life than your wedding? And uh, let's bring in a pro. Exactly. <laughs> Lynn, let's tell people how they get a hold of you because uh, if it matters to you as much as it certainly mattered to me and most people that get married, you want to give it your best shot. And this is certainly one thing you have to look at. Yes, well, well I'm online. It's Lynn Goldberg. And it's the Lynn Goldberg Group and also Ms. Wedding Planner. Outstanding. Lynn, thank you so much. We really enjoyed talking with you. And we'll talk with you again. This is fascinating. Thanks so much for having me. Finally, we see that Vegas is back to big crowds and lots of excitement. But things are still not exactly the same. And we asked your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, to give us his take. Yeah, you know, it's uh, kind of tongue-in-cheek, but I tell people if this is your first visit to Las Vegas, please don't judge us on this visit. Nobody expected business to come back so quickly, to be honest. And we're a little bit behind the, the curve. Um, when it comes to restaffing, you know, we are at 100% capacity, but I don't know that we're at 100% on the service side uh, because we, it's hard to find bodies. And the folks that are working are may not be the most experienced. There's a lot of factors for that. A lot of folks just haven't come back to the marketplace yet. They're still enjoying their stimulus checks, their unemployment, their tax refunds. But slowly but surely, we're starting to catch up. But don't be surprised if some of your experiences are not that stellar Vegas experience. I'm trying to be diplomatic about it because everybody's trying, everybody's scrambling for employees, but you really just have to adjust your expectations to understand that this is a transitional period in Vegas. It won't last forever, but the demand seems to be back uh, really strong. I mean, we've been walking around uh, Venetian Palazzo and the place is absolutely packed. So that's going to put a strain on some of those resources, and especially when it comes to experienced staff, whether it's wait staff, bartenders, cocktail waitresses, everybody's looking for bodies. A lot of these uh, frontline folks have just left the industry altogether. They've left hospitality. They took that year to go off and find other things. They, the, uh, some of those hospitality employees felt like they were kind of abandoned. Uh, at, at the time that the pandemic hit because these companies just cut them loose and they had nothing. Uh, so they've reevaluated their lives, as should we all. Uh, especially uh, pandemic gives you a little time to think and some just aren't coming back. So there's an adjustment period that's happening. It's still, Vegas is still great and you're still going to get what you need. You just can't be going to a rage every time the service is a little slow or... Um, you know, you're walking down the strip and the garbage cans aren't completely emptied out every hour. Uh, I've, but that just has to do with a big influx of demand. And Vegas is trying to catch up. Well, walk us through what we can expect then through summer and fall. We're not seeing a lot of entertainment yet, but they're on the schedule and so forth. So what are we going to look for? Are we, by the end of the year, are we back to normal with shows up and down the strip and it shows in, in every nook and cranny or is it going to take a little while yeah i mean there are certain things that feel symbolic 
So the return of Cirque du Soleil, to me, is a sub- symbolic turning point in the world of entertainment because you had a bunch of these mid-level shows come back, and they're trying, but they're no, they're no Cirque. Vegas is not Vegas without these huge production shows. The demand hasn't been there. Now the demand is there, but these shows take time to ramp up. So in, that's the entertainment side. Symbolic also is that a few buffets are coming back. That there's some of these factors... Uh, that are affecting an experience are things that were brewing before the pandemic. Some of these things like buffets coming out of the pandemic, these companies are taking that opportunity to reevaluate what they want to do. They're, most of them are money losers. They're not going to reopen a lot of those. But that's another, when Bacchanal opened at Caesars, that was a symbolic turning point. So that's true in pretty much every area of Vegas. There are these symbolic moments of, oh, you can do a pool party 100% capacity again. Now the pool scene is back. You've got nightclubs back. So each time one opens, that's splashy. I think Resorts World is another one of those turning points where Circa opened downtown in the middle of the pandemic. It's done very well. But now you've got a true Vegas mega resort coming online, coming out of this mess that we've been dealing with for a year. It's another symbolic turning point. A Vegas is going to be doing what it does best, which is a wow factor over the top, you know, how many restaurants does one resort need? This place is going to have 30 restaurants. So to me, that's a symbolic return to the Vegas that people have grown to to expect over time. There was this year-long disruption in that, um, and there was nothing anybody could do about it. But now everybody seems to be on board with, let's bring Vegas back, give people kind of that wow moment, and get them back to talking about Vegas, thinking about fun. You know, it's been a year where you couldn't really, you felt guilty thinking about fun. You certainly felt guilty trying to go to Vegas. I never stopped, but I get that a lot of people did because there was a lot of kind of scare tactics and the media coverage was all doom and gloom. But now I think people feel free. And as you could see, walking through the casino, nobody's wearing a mask. A few employees left because they have certain rules about having to meet a certain criteria of proving that they've done the, the vaccination. But for the most part, guests are not wearing them and people are back to feeling carefree i don't know if that was the question but uh, that's my answer to it is vegas is getting back to feeling carefree which was the whole point of vegas in the first place and that's just great to see thanks scott and remember there is no substitute for vital vegas if you want to know vegas you got to know vitalvegas.com coming up next is sports rock and tours If your local station doesn't carry it, go to Sports R-A-C-X wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports R-A-C-X is short for Sports Rockin' Tours. And please follow both Vegas Never Sleeps and Sports Rockin' Tours on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Maggi reminding you, Vegas Never Sleeps. Vegas, here we go! Come on, let's go to Vegas. Support Vegas Never Sleeps on Patreon for exclusive ad-free content, prizes, drawings, and fun, starting at just five bucks. Go to patreon.com slash Vegas Never Sleeps. Patreon.com slash Vegas Never Sleeps. Pack your bags and get ready because you're going to Vegas. Go to patreon.com slash Vegas Never Sleeps. Come on, let's go to Vegas.